The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Oh my God, Jody! I'm totally ready. We are so going to get radical today, and I'm psyched about what we're going to talk about because it's like coaching, and you know, behind every great person is an even better coach <laughs> or an <laughs> assistant, right? So, I mean, have you've had experiences with coaches, right? Yeah, actually, I did. I did have a coach for a short period of time. Well, I guess it wasn't short. I guess it was a couple of years I actually had my coach. And it was a few years ago. And it was unbelievable, my experience. I mean, it it really helped me just get clarity around my thoughts. And, you know, I, I think if you find the right coach, it's awesome. Now, um, and there's coaches for everything now, right, too. So it, it's so yeah. weird because, like, sometimes I think coaches, I don't want to say that they're overrated, but, like, you're not sure if you need a coach or what kind of coach you're supposed to get, but yet everybody's telling you you should get a coach. And I know when I <laughs> – is that not true, though? I, I think so. You know, <laughs> get a coach. Get a, yeah, I mean, why not? Because it can actually clarify, you know, a lot of, like – things that are going on in your head like maybe you need some you know you need to like clear you want to work on something specific and you don't want to necessarily hire a consultant but you want to you need like a cheerleader you need somebody to help you sort of lay out a game plan and and do it so yeah I mean and I know I know from my perspective of even having the coach not to say that like part of it is just getting clarity around your own thoughts right and yeah. like just verbalizing them makes them um, easier to tackle because now like they're really out there and they help you to keep you accountable. So, you know, I love my coach and, um, he was awesome to me. He still is awesome to me. Um, but I just, it's interesting because like I said, everybody now is a coach or they're selling coaches or selling coaching. So I think what the people who are in the market for coaches really have to get clear around is what they actually want to accomplish with their coach. Because, you know, there's sales coaches, there's business coaches, there's accounting coaches, there's writing coaches, right? I mean, so life coaches, life coaches. (laughs) (laughs) So like any business decision, if you're going to engage with coaching, make sure you know what it is exactly you want to be coached on. Yeah, exactly. And I would just add to that. I think it's really important that you have chemistry with the person, like, you know, like um, that you are bringing, you're working with somebody who's 
you know, values you may align with and that, you know, they are, they're fun, you know, and they work for you. You know, I mean, maybe opposites attract, but I think also it's important to make sure the fit is right. So, and you trust the person because obviously you're going to need to like listen to them, (laughs) you know, and you want to make sure that you believe what they're saying. So without further ado, we're going to, we're actually talking to an executive coach today, but she's more than an executive coach. She also does human resources consulting. She does talent search services. She helps, she creates growth strategies um, for the professional service world. And so I'm excited to introduce to you uh, Rachel Anevsky, who is the CEO um, and founder of Matters of Management, LLC. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Listening to you both talk about coaching is um, it's kind of funny for my end, <laughs> hearing <laughs> all of the different, you know, the different side of it. Yeah, I mean, and, and because you are an executive coach, and I guess this is a great place to start, you know, um, what do you see as the difference between coaching and consulting? Because I, I feel like a lot of people maybe get confused, and it would be great to just sort of clarify what the difference is. Sure. So so um, let me take one, one step back. So I, I am an executive coach. I've also been a sales coach. Uh, mm-hmm. I've not been a life coach. I, I don't expect that that'll work out for me. Um, but I think in, in order to be a coach, you have to truly understand um, the business goals of the person that you're engaging with because it is, it's very different for every individual. And I do think that there's a lot of um, hype around, yes, every business person needs a coach and, and uh, every business owner should get a coach. It really is very particular as to what you want to accomplish. Um, the, the difference, clear difference between coaching and consulting, I think, are, are, are very simply put. So a coach will help you through either a behavioral change, for example, if you are someone who needs to get better at a certain experience, like selling, you know, or marketing yourself better or being more organized, then you would hire a coach. That coach will give you... Um, examples and practice skills to get you there, just like you know, just like you would if you were training to be on a soccer team, for example. So you know that's that's where your coach comes into place. They really exercise your mind and challenge you to better performance. Where a consultant is there uh, as an expert in either your industry or in an, an acumen that you need to acquire better, um, and is used either on a retainer schedule or as needed to um, help bounce ideas off of or to give you best practices. So that's where I see the difference of the two. And I I, Mm. I certainly function as both uh, in different circumstances. So so let's back up a little bit. How did you and how did you decide to go into business for yourself in, in this line of work? Like what prompted you? What was your passion around this? Sure. Um, and I can talk this talk all day long, by the way, <laughs> because I do have, I have this tremendous passion about this. Um, so I grew up in professional services, uh, working elbow to elbow with managing partners, many, many managing partners, um, primarily in the accounting arena, but also in professional services in general. So uh, the legal field, engineering, and the like. And so 
they always felt very strongly that there were business matters that were very attractive to me. And it wasn't in just one discipline. So it wasn't just human resources or just marketing or just operations. Um, I'm kind of like a little schizophrenic in business. I like all of the operations and really felt that in professional services, the goal was always to get um, a CPA or an attorney to do more of what they love because that's the entrepreneurial uh, flair, right? You know, that you, you go into business to want to do what you love to do and you end up only getting to do that that thing that you love 20% of the time. So I've taken mm-hmm. on the role in matters of management and why I wanted to grow, grow my own company so that I could give more percentage of that passion to those business owners, to those professionals. So I take on all of the things that um, that business owner or those professionals really would prefer not to do so that they can gain more, um, more quality time and more quality effort to their passion of doing what they love to do best, uh, which so might be serve yeah. their clients or, you know, th- their practice. Right. So, so let's tease that out a little bit. I mean, what, what are some of the things that you're doing for executives? I mean, I, I've, I've had my own fair share of working with managing partners. They're not an easy group. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm just curious, like, you know, and I mean, this could be for any CEO, you know, right? It doesn't have to just be for professional service firms or accounting firms, but, Absolutely. you know, what, what are some of the things that, you know, they are farming out to you so they can actually focus on, you know, business development or, or whatever it is they want to focus on? Sure. So, so a couple of different things, and it really kind of depends on the size of the company. And I'm engaged in companies that are, you know, $2 million companies uh, all the way through to, um, to the BDOs of the world, which are like international companies, right? Mm-hmm. So, for, so everywhere in between there is a service that Matters of Management provides. And I think it really depends on what the focus of that managing partner or business owner is. And so the way that we position our company matters of management is a growth strategy with a people purpose. So anytime a company is looking to grow, be it in a niche, a niche area or in a staffing plan, all of those pieces of the puzzle, matters of management has something that we can fulfill. Um, from the coaching of either the business owner themselves, or for example, their top line or their bench strength. Maybe they need, you know, maybe they have a very strong bench, but there are some behaviors that need to be modified. Um, maybe the company is looking to grow into a different area, and so they need to kind of refocus. And so we develop a growth strategy plan that um, that we could, you know, work with them, uh, facilitate um, in terms of coming into a committee or um, a retreat and facilitating um, a, a plan in general. We can even act out that plan in some, some cases. Sometimes it's people need to top grade a certain amount of their staff because either, you know, they have a different focus um, and now, you know, they're looking at doing different hiring so we work on that strategy with them in terms of staffing plans, but staffing plans are also very linked to growth strategy. And then we're also in sometimes on doing onboarding, which is a piece of the puzzle that most managing partners and most organizations don't do really well, right? So they 
everybody wants an experienced person to come into their the mix of their um, their organization, and they spend a lot of money to bring in experienced people, but then they kind of just drop them there and expect them to know what to do, and it leaves a lot to be desired in terms of being efficient. So we also assist in that piece of the puzzle. Um, when we designed matters of management, really, uh, you know, the focus was that anything that was causing that managing partner, that business owner, any bit of, like, where they they just couldn't wrap their head around it and really they wanted to focus on being client servicing instead, we fit the bill. Even Even in support of merger and acquisition, we're there to assist. So let me ask you this. Are the CEOs coming to you for this help or is it somebody, maybe not the CEO, but some other, you know, top level executive that's saying, oh my God, Rachel, like we really need some help with, you know, bringing in some younger people or we really need some help with building out this niche that we have in our, in our service offering. I mean, are, are the CEOs coming to you or is there, you know, you know, or is there resistance from the CEO, like when you're working sure. together? Oh my God! I think that the CEOs are kind of like, like ah, like so excited about this because, <laughs> um, because I'm relevant. I work mm-hmm. inside companies, so I understand what's you know what people are feeling inside, and now I'm working externally, so I have I have both, you know, I I have both oppositions. You know, I, I could see how they're feeling, and I'm also a business owner. So I'm matching mm-hmm. the CEO's mind in terms of how to develop and grow a company. Mm-hmm. I, you have that insider perspective of working internally in a company, in a professional services firm, and now I have the experience of working with so many professional services firms that I have best practices. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so all of, you know, all of those different pieces are working to support the executive. Uh, I'm also very, you know, strong in my um, my presentation, um, and so there's there's a respect factor there as well, and collaboration. Right. So, I mean, you know, because we always hear about how CEOs may not, you know, they say something, they say one thing, but really when it comes down to it, they can be resistant because of A, you know, cost or B, because of disruption to, you know, whatever processes they're still in place or or for whatever reason. So, I mean, I'm just curious as to, you know, do you get resistance from, you know, CEOs, even though they are like giving you the green light to come on board because, you know, change, change is not easy for anyone. And I would imagine that it's easier to sort of build out a niche or maybe put a growth plan in place than to maybe change something in the organization. Well, here's, here's the cool thing about change management, right? Um, and I, uh, I've, I have a, a master's degree in organizational behavior and undergraduate mm-hmm. in, criminal, in criminal psychology. So those two combined have helped with change management, I have to tell you. Um, when, you know, every managing partner has this one issue, and that is they get consensus in the boardroom, and then their partners dismantle and have sidebar conversations that may not be what they've just agreed to, right? So we, we talk a lot in professional services about accountability, and that's where the coaching factor comes in. Coaching mm-hmm. keeps people accountable because when you... Live in an environment where you're spending so much time with the same people, 
you have to really keep everyone positive and moving in the same direction. So where I think that I'm a little bit different and where I'm, I'm helpful and accepted by the managing partner is I'm that sounding board. I'm that person that they can talk to and scream to <laughs> and cry to, and I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, and I'm going to refocus them and reposition them so that they can continue to get things done, which is the role that they all have. Mm-hmm. Mm, right, right. They need to hear the truth. If they can't handle the truth, then what's that movie with Tom Cruise? If you can't handle the truth, you can't handle the truth, right? So you're you're the person that's telling them. <laughs> they have to hear it straight up, right? I mean, wouldn't you want that, Jody, to hear it straight up if you you yeah, hired a consultant? I mean, I do, but I, I think what's interesting about it is is I think like the partnership model is broken like completely yeah. broken that you even need a person like Rachel to come in and like help them facilitate like the right, change that like, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jody, I become like that silent partner. I'm that, vo- you know, the voice in their head that says you have to stop thinking like a line partner and start thinking more like a CEO. Right. Right. And I, I get, I get your purpose, but it makes me think about like all the things that are wrong with our profession. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and and all of the CPA firms that need to get on board. And I think think what it is is it's probably step one or step, I don't know, step to to actually bringing change to a profession, right? Because because the model's got to change because... um, Because all these big companies are in this place where they they don't act like partners, right? They, they say they're partners in name, but at the end of the day, or I should say they act like partners, but they act like partners who are all going in their own direction as opposed they're to siloed. following. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to following right. one leader and yeah. well, and, and they're and finding it doesn't that. work. Yeah. We create that. And so, in ter- so when I come into a company, we kind of look at all of those things to see what's broken and we try to, and we reprogram from the bottom up. Um, you know, so that yeah. so that we kind of can dismantle that that broken model, and it does take a lot of change or behavior modification. Um, and it, it's you know I, I don't I don't I choose my clients very wisely because and I've turned down business quite honestly if I see that that they're not ready to take those actions. Change is very difficult, and change takes. A long Years. time, not a, not a little bit of time. So you have to be willing to understand and recognize that it has taken years to make it broken. It's going to take years to un- unbreak it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so, so it's yeah. a time investment also. And it's a partnership, I feel like, that, you know, when I'm working with a company, um, you know, that, that we're really kind of in it together and, and that I that I really do care about my clients from that perspective. I want to see their success. There have right. been times that I've come in and made an assessment and simply said, I'm, I'm not the right person for you or I'm not the right fix for you. What you're looking for is, is not us and, and helps companies along that way. I don't ever want to send people down a path where there's, you know, they're not going to be successful and we're not going to be successful together. And I have to tell you from, um, you know, just a recent experience, I have a client uh, on a smaller scale, but what she said to me as the managing partner of her business and CEO of her business recently was that she made a concerted effort to surround herself with people that could help and complement her. And that's why she went and hired someone like me. 
Mm-hmm. To, you know, yeah, I mean, you hear a lot about you hear it. a lot of leaders say, you know, you just sort of like hire smart people and you let them get, you know, you get out of their way. So, so I, I think it's a, it's along the similar a similar line. And but I, we're gonna we need to take a quick break. So let's we're talking with Rachel and and Vesky, and um, she is the CEO of Matters of Management, and we will be right back. <laughs> From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Rachel Anepsky. She is the CEO and founder of Matters of Management, uh, a New Jersey-based company that provides executive talent search services, human resources consulting, executive coaching, and growth strategies to the professional services world. Um, and in our prior segment, we were talking about executive coaching and you know the benefits of that, and um, you know how to how to help those CEOs through resistance, and and um, really what you know why why it's really helpful to have somebody as a sounding board when you're going through change and. Um, growth. So, so Rachel, let's talk a little bit about human resources because, you know, we have a lot of small businesses that small business owners that who are listening and we would love to just talk about, you know, what are some trends in hiring for 2017 that you're seeing, um, in the work that you do? Sure. So, um, so a couple of different things, um, 
And uh, let me just give a little bit of a background. So I spent at least 12 years of my professional career as director of human capital, uh, earning mm-hmm. certifications in human resources and spending day in and day out dealing with um, all a, a variety of different issues as it pertains to human resources. And that part of my, my job was absolutely, you know, my career was so fulfilling, and I, I knew that I wanted to, in developing my business, keep that as a, a major focus. Um, part of the time in my career, actually at the, the um, tail end of it, I was building out my time uh, helping smaller businesses grow their human resources capacity and programming. So I recognized early on that this was a need of the small business organization because a rule of thumb is you typically hire a human resources person internally when you have uh, at minimum 50 employees or better. Before that, you still have a variety of human resources issues, but maybe your office manager is dealing with it or the business owner is dealing with it, and they're kind of dealing dealing with it um, half-heartedly because it takes an awful lot of discipline to understand everything that is happening in the ever-changing world of human resources, especially today. So when I went, went out on my own and developed matters of management, um, we made this a, a critical piece of our services. And so for a variety of different reasons, we support the business owners with you know, from beginning of developing their human resources manual, their policies and procedures, uh, which is a, a big deal for organizations. A lot, a lot of times they kind of muddle through and then develop processes as they go along instead of having um, succinct rules and responsibilities within their company to begin with. And then, at the, you know, then they find out that there are problems and they have to dovetail back. So we do that. We also help in the hiring process. Um, from creating uh, and training in behavioral interviewing style, developing the interviewing sk- uh, the interviewing questions for our clients, even going as far as interviewing for our clients, and so we created a staffing agency as as part of matters of management um, to also help our businesses grow from that perspective. And because we certainly knew how to do it very well, um, oftentimes we're engaged from businesses to help out with. Uh, with problems, with discipline, or interrogations, investigations on site, um, you know, to, to be a third party and come in with an opinion or a view really supports the business owner or the, or the office management uh, in this role. And then we yeah, I know. I was going to... I was going to say, I know that, like, I hate HR, right? Like, that's, like, the worst part of my business. <laughs> I mean, no. Joni, tell us how you really feel. Tell us how you really right? feel. <laughs> well, because, um, well, just the whole process of, like, hiring someone, right? Um, we just yeah. hired uh, a senior manager, like, someone, an experienced person. And it's our first actual experienced hire versus hiring someone right out of school and the whole interview process. And then like, how do you know if they're the right person? All that stuff is just, it's so hard and it's not where I want to focus. Right. Because like, but yet you have to focus on it because this person is, especially in a really small company is going to make or break your company. And the reason I say that is because when there's only five people, that one person has a, significant impact it's critical upon 
as opposed to if there's a hundred people, you know, sometimes it doesn't really matter if like the person comes and goes, but if we bring in a senior level person and it doesn't work out, it's, it's huge loss for us. So, um, and I think most small businesses feel that way because, because it's hard, right? Like nobody wants to do the hard stuff. Um, and right. so now well, like you're I forced <laughs> with, like finding, well, no, but I mean like you're forced to find someone who's going to fit and I don't know, I, I, and I see like the HR component. Um, I sometimes think it's the, the most overlooked component of a small business because people think about right. HR last. Nobody thinks like, Oh, I love HR and I'm going to hire an HR person <laughs> or whatever. Everyone's well, like, it's- like after there's a problem, then that's when HR comes in, right? There you go. And so it becomes time consuming mm-hmm. and expensive when when it's not done correctly. And I definitely subscribe to hire slow and fire fast, um, especially for a smaller <laughs> business. Good. You know, yeah, and I learned that really one. <laughs> and you, so Rachel, you're putting out a lot of fires, right? Then people calling you and be like, "I have an HR issue. What do I need to do? This person, what? You know." I would imagine that that's the case. And now like there's the new overtime law, which is huge for small businesses that we still really don't. I mean, like we understand it a little bit, but I think most small businesses are in for a rude awakening with what they have to do for overtime. And that's a federal law. So everyone now is affected by um, the overtime rule that basically says if you make less than 50, it's about $50,000. If you make less than $50,000, you have to pay time and a half for overtime. Like, and yeah, that's I mean, huge for small there's, business. That's not the only law that's coming in. I mean, depending on where you live, there are other lo- you know, local laws that are you know, really de- debilitating to the small business. They're not in our favor, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, but they're, you know, some of these laws are used to protect the employee, and that's that's the role of HR also, and that's why the small business owner doesn't get involved as much because the role of the HR person is to protect the employer and support the employee. It's, it's a tightrope. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, being able to, to provide the service as needed um, to my clients or even we do it as an interim. So when a company is just big enough where they might need an HR person like one day a week so that so that any kind of employee issues come up, those employees can, you know, go to, to an on-site HR person. We also do that. And we do that, you know, Matters of Management is the acronym for MOM, Matters of Management, M-O-M. Um, the design of this business was also to help with uh, professional women who could no longer work full-time positions but, but were so credentialed in their area of expertise that they could provide the same level of, of expert experience um, to smaller businesses at a fraction of the cost. So really it's a great match because businesses may not have the funds or the resources to have a full-time HR person, but yet they need the expertise as they grow. And then, you know, you have experts who are just looking to work, and, you know, part-time. How many people are with you, Rachel? How many are part of your team? So it fluctuates between six and ten, depending on the ebbs and flow of my business. And uh, we contract and expand all the time. Um, I can tell you that there are 
um, a nice growing list of people that would love to work with me. And, uh, you know, I, with doing very little marketing, my business has grown by word of mouth. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, d- we're doing well. And, you know, as a mission for matters of management, the more and more opportunities we can provide, um, you know, to our mom experts at home, that's how I, I define our success. So let me let me just ask you, let's go back a little bit, because I'm curious as to what the threshold is for a small business when they actually need HR help. Is there like a sign, I'm a small business and, I, you know, we're growing and maybe I... I don't have, I'm ready to, you know, bring on one employee or maybe I have three employees. Like, is there a threshold that a small business needs to um, have HR? Okay. So, so a small business needs HR almost immediately for a couple of things. The, the first couple of things are job description, interviewing mm-hmm. skills, because you can, you can get sued for asking the wrong question, even if you have one employee, you mm-hmm. know, so... So there's that piece, but that's just on a consulting level, right? That's just, you know, hey, Rachel, how do you feel about this? And then we talk it through. Mm-hmm. Then, there, then I would say by, by five to ten employees, now you start needing some, some policies, like how much time they're going to take off, what benefits look like, what are the best benefits for that size company, mm-hmm. things of that nature. And then 25 people. There are some laws that pertain. By 50, mm-hmm. there are a lot of laws that pertain. Um, and by 50 people, you need to have at least an outsourced HR department that's doing your onboarding, that's doing your clearing of all of your people, that's doing a little recruiting for you, um, that's doing all your... I mean, people hire me to fire people all the time. <laughs> that's always a fun well, one. I didn't know you could right? hire someone to fire someone. I just watched a movie about that with George Clooney and Anna Kendrick. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? It's called, like, Up in the Air. I watched it, and they basically George Clooney and Anna Kendrick, like, come up with this whole system on how to fire people. It's kind of amazing right. and depressing at the same time, but, you know... That can't be an easy, an easy job to go in and just fire somebody, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, I have done it so many times and, and I have to tell you, it really is helpful to the business owner, you know, to separate themselves from that experience because it, it can be emotional, especially for a small business owner, you know, and you want to take the emotion out of a termination. That is where most business owners get in trouble is emotion, but, you know, you hire somebody to fire your employee. I mean, if you're working with that employee closely and then you bring in some stranger to fire them, how does that exactly work? Like, is but that I weird? Think, honestly, Liz, I think it's kind of like regular HR, right? Like the management has already decided they're going to fire someone, but then you call HR from if you were in a big corporation and HR actually fires them. So I, I think it's just putting a little bit of space there like you would if you were a big company. I haven't had That's the right. luxury of hiring someone to fire my people. I've had to do it myself. <laughs> oh, but now geez. that I know there's an option, I'm definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, you know, man. Then, but, you know, but then there are other things, right? So by the time you're a 100-person employer, employer, you have to have a full-time HR person on staff. Yeah. That's when, you know, and I would say companies that do this best hire a full-time person before they're a you know, around 50 people, between 50 and 75, they're, they're already geared to that. 
Right. You know, and then that's just yeah. a function of revenue. Well, right, well, because you, you can have... afford a better skill level because you're not using a person full time. So if you end up exactly. hiring someone from a consulting basis, you can get a little bit higher um, skill set because you're, you're you're doing it in an outsourced model. So it actually becomes better for the small business owner. You got it. You got it. And then, and then because I was an HR director, my peers are human resources directors. So we have conversations all the time of how how my business still supports the human resources function of those companies that are that are enormous and and what we do on you know from there is sometimes you need to hire an external person to investigate a situation that's happening a dispute on staff so i'll come in on an hr consulting role from that and then there's always the recruiting piece and and the coaching and training training and development what do you think? is also a big piece what do you think is the biggest pain point of an HR director right now in 2006, moving into 2017? 2016, sure, moving into 2017. Yeah. yeah, so it certainly is recruiting. Yeah. Right? And so, um, you know, having that experience of an HR director and not needing to hire uh, or partner with vendors in staffing for so many years, I now see why I should have. Right? So, the, so a couple of different things um, of where people are finding uh, great new employees now is much is much different and much more challenging. You have to really be the savvy researcher and networker to do it great. So and, and to do it cost in, in a cost efficient manner without having to hire an external resource. So um, you know I have had lots of conversations with HR directors, uh, even as recent as this morning on, you know, what they're doing innovative to get new people to, to come into their business. Um, well, and yeah. Go ahead. No, I go ahead. Finish, I was, go ahead and finish her. I was going to say, you know, it is a branding uh, activity to get your name, your business name, in front of prospective employees. You really have to look at it as a sales activity, marketing activity. And if you're able to be in social media in a way that is attractive to a prospective employee, you will create opportunities for there to be a lot of people who want to work with you and work with your team. So the more, you know, the more buzz you have around how awesome of an employer you are, in addition to how incredible your services are, the better opportunity and the closer you'll get to your prospect employee. And people don't think about it that way. And human resources also doesn't think about it that way. I mean, I just have to That's how we hired our our most recent employee. She came to us. She she honestly reached out to us because of our brand and because of our work-life balance and what what we say to the world about how our culture is. And she wanted an alternative brand to a traditional CPA firm. And she reached out to us. And... Right. Um, and she's the right. And Jody, I mean, you've done you've done a tremendous job of branding your um, your difference factor as an accounting mm-hmm. firm. And so I think that there should be you know quite a few people who would be lined up and waiting their opportunity to work for you and to work for your company. And I, I feel a lot of companies don't don't look at it from that perspective. And that, but 
But well, because they look at themselves, now. right? Too many firms, and this is a firm thing, not necessarily, and I guess it could be small business as well, but too many firms look at themselves and they're always like, they don't, they don't realize what, what they're actually giving to the employee, right? They don't, they don't think That's of right. it in that perspective um, from a culture standpoint or from something other than, other than monetary dollars, because I think tomorrow's employee want something more than just cash. At a certain point, yeah, cash is important, but at a certain point, it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you're miserable, I don't care how much money you make. And that's well, that, what that's, I think social media can help change. Like, Yes. And so it, that and there, there are some other trends, right? Because millennials are in the, in the workplace right now. And when you're looking at small, small businesses, or let's just say companies under 50 employees, you really have an opportunity to get very personal with what your employees want and need for motivation. So you do what we call stay, or what we call uh, stay interviews, and you talk to your people about retention strategies for them as individuals. And sometimes you'll find that some people are m- more interested in vacation. Some of them are more interested in education. Some of them are interested in opportunities to work with leadership. And you tailor your business to helping give them what they want. Because that's, you know, that really is the trend of today of the employee in the workplace is they want to be recognized for who they are and how they contribute. And the more time and energy an HR person (laughs) can focus, on identifying that and categorizing that, then you're better able to create an environment where people stay longer, you have better retention rate, which saves you so much more money. And, gives and you that's a value for an HR professional. If they can look at their job from the perspective of actually adding value as opposed to just compliance, because anytime something is just compliance, it's, yeah. you know, it's a cost. But if you as an HR professional can show the business that you're actually adding value because now the employees are staying, you're worth exponentially more to a business than you are as just a compliance center. Because we all know compliance, nobody likes to play for compliance. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Nobody wants to pay for compliance. I I would love to talk about a little bit after our break about... um, about the other flip side of it, you know, for candidates trying to get a job, you know, I feel like there is, there is a lot of, you know, expectation on the end of the employer. I mean, I know I have a lot of friends in journalism who are trying, you know, who look for different editorial jobs and, you know, they, the, the um, employers expect so much, you know, free work (laughs) up front to like, you know, and then they just ghost you. At the end, it's kind of amazing. And so I just would be interested in hearing your input on that, Rachel. I realize we're moving into another industry when we come back uh, for a break. Certainly. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. 
We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's one 472 You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Padar. And our guest today is Rachel Anevsky. She is the CEO of Matters of Management. And before we uh, continue our conversation, I just want to give a shout out to Avalara and Intuit, our amazing sponsors. And so, Rachel, in the last seg- segment, we were ta- I, I posed this question because we've been talking about human resources and, and um, talent ca- uh human capital, which I think is an interesting term, but beside the point, um, you know, about how, you know, people, the candidates, you know, will go through a process or, you know, go through multiple interviews and then, and, or send in free work if you're doing like an editorial job or, or, you know, they want to see and illustrate, you know, and illustrate your talent. And then, and then the process seems to be going well, and then you don't hear anything from the HR person or the person that you're being interviewed by. I, and I feel like that's an, edit, an etiquette issue, and I'm just curious mm-hmm. as to what, what that's about. Because it's frankly, I mean, you know, I hear from some of my peers who are going through that process, and it's, it's kind of appalling that people would do that. And um, I'm just curious what your take is on that. Sure. So, so human resources um, straddles a variety of different disciplines, right? So there's this recruiting piece, then there's a benefits piece, there's compensation, there's review or total rewards, there's making the employers happy. <laughs> you know, there's mm-hmm. all of these different pieces of the puzzle that's constantly an upward battle of HR. And the ideal human resources person is finding the best candidate 
for the least amount of money, and that's going to stay the longest, right, to be the more, most efficient. So in certain positions, there's an abundance of competing resumes. And I will tell you that an HR person is like your gatekeeper. You have to, you know, and your resume is um, your three-second pitch. You have to mm-hmm. get your resume to be seen by the HR person, that gatekeeper, in three seconds for them to accept you in. And so uh, the more appealing the resume, the more likelihood that you're going to get a call in. From there, the process can be, like I said, I, I encourage my employers to take a really, really long time in the process because you're gonna, you really want to spend a lifetime with the person that you're hiring. That's the goal. The goal is never, let's see how this works out for three weeks and then I'm going to change my mind. Or, you know, oh, a good year is going to be, you know, I'll, that's my ROI. No, the goal is always to have that person be part of your team for as long as that team allows. And so when you have so many people competing for the same job title, you know, you only have one role available, then it's very difficult for the HR person to cater to everybody's individual needs and courtesy to say, you know, I'm sorry, this is not going to work out for you, or this is where the, you know, your journey ends. Um, Because it's, time-consuming because they have so many things on their plate and because they still really have to be focused on finding that perfect hire. So it's not personal is my point. Mm-hmm. Um, in, lar- in large companies, that process is automated. So basically, you have a resume that comes in, that each person just checks the ones that they want and the ones that they don't want, get an automated letter, you know, a generic letter that goes to everyone that says, thank you, your journey ends here. You know, we'll keep your resume on file for the, the legally required amount and then they move on. Um, but, I, you know, I think that we all wish in human resources to, to, to be personal. That's the, that's the goal. But at the end of the day... And it was day, a little a bit more of, human, right? Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, because, you know, that's the intended... The intended person in human resources does the job because they care about people. Oftentimes, the position gets corporatized um, because they don't want to, you know, the individual does not want to be seen as an administrative person. They want to be seen more as strategic. And sometimes the strategic HR person has to be less personal. It's a, it's a tightrope. Yeah, and I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I, I get that. And I, you know, and this is what makes it, you know, it's it's a business, right? You're trying, your your bottom line is the business. And, I, yeah. you know, I guess... From from a human point perspective, I think it's it's unfortunate when you have a really good candidate who is putting forward their time and their energy in, you know, getting to an interview, you know, doing thank you notes, like doing all of the work, you know, that is being requested right. as part of like, you know, um, checking it like on scope, you know, they're not getting paid for it. And then they don't even and then there's a connection there that you're making with the yeah. team that's interviewing you and the HR person. And then you don't even get a response back that says, you know, thank you very much for your time. We're deciding to go into a different direction. I, I feel like that is just rude. And I, this is yeah, where I'm getting yeah, on my soapbox. Yeah, I'm getting on my soapbox here and I'm going to end it because I know we're at, you know, we're running out of time. But I, <laughs> I just think that like in our culture, there there's something to be said about that. You know, like the expectation of 
the candidate putting everything out on the line and being vulnerable because they're looking for a job. And then the person that, you know, the person expresses excitement and, you know, I mean, the HR person or the team member expresses excitement about getting there, getting them on board and then nothing. So, you know, I, I personally have not had this happen, but I mean, I feel like I have heard about this happening to other people and it's you know it's I'm crappy. sure this happens frequently when there <laughs> are a, you know an enormous amount of candidates and just one HR person yeah <laughs> you know right 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 so I mean okay there you go I, that's me going on my so soap. Liz told Sorry, all right. the HR people of the world that they need to write like nice yes uh rejection letters they so you can get because you would rather have a canned rejection letter yes <laughs> at least <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have a canned rejection letter than than be ghosted. I mean, come on now. Like, you know, who likes to be ghosted, especially when you're trying to find a job? So anyways, moving on, I know we, we have to wrap up here, but Rachel, any last minute thoughts about, you know, what's going to be coming down the pike for 2017 that, you know, um, business owners should know about HR? Well, so what they should know about HR is that it is constantly changing and that when they, you know, that, but it does need, to, you need to spend specific time on it. And if that specific time means hiring someone so that you're always current, then that would be the best money you can spend. Because to be, like, the amount of risk is not worth it. It's just not worth it. Um you know, hiring the right candidate moves your company forward so much, so much more, um, more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having the best team certainly gives you advantage over your competitors. And right. so, you know, I would say that we're, you know, especially with uh, the changeover in our president-elect, there's going to be a lot of new changes that affect business owners, so many changes, both from a financial perspective and a human resources perspective, that this is something that they should pay keen attention to and, and really kind of be ahead of, the, ahead of the class. Yeah. So, Rachel, thank you so much. We're not, we're, I want to get into the president-elect, but I will not. <laughs> and, uh, Rachel, thank you so much for um, being on the show today. Um, this was great. And Matters of Management, if you're interested in getting in touch with Rachel. And um, next week, join us. We are going to have another amazing expert with us. And, um, yeah, you can always email us at uh, Jody and Liz at let's get radical.org. We're on Facebook. This we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Uh, drop us a line. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Radical.